day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, Henny Cup, Because all the hippies are trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring hey. health and tradition. Yes, they do. Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish, and we are talking, uh, just catching up and uh, like old friends and having a nice chat here. Uh, this show today is uh, on the 5th of July, and we're excited. Uh, it's a different day, but we... Uh, we move and groove with the scene, and it's always important for us here at Native Roots Radio to get a great update from our state center, Mary Kunish. And so I'm really happy that you're on, and thank you so much for coming on, as always. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, I'm happy to be here with you again today. It's a, a bright, sunny day in Minnesota, and I just came back from the pool with this little sweetie patootie. <laughs> That's my oh. little granddaughter, Rita. <laughs> She actually promised me that if I took her to the pool, she would take a nap so I could do this. But um, she's not keeping her end of the promise. So you might hear some voices in the background. Yeah, she's cute as heck. And uh, our listening audience, you'll have to jump on. And it's a good reminder for everyone that we are on Facebook Live and YouTube while we uh, do the show. So if you want to see what uh, State Senator Mary Kunish looks like and her grandbaby, uh, check it out. Native Roots Radio on uh on Facebook Live and also on YouTube all over Turtle Island. Oh, wow. Thanks so much for coming on. And it's it's uh, vacation time. And I know for you and all the work that the Senate has done specifically, it's a, a good thing to be able to relax and regroup because of all the great work that happened and how much we are, meaning Minnesota, uh, really a beacon of hope uh, to a lot of states across uh, Turtle Island. Well, it's true. And and um, even though in Minnesota, our legislature is considered a part-time legislature, we just meet from either January or February through May every year. We still do a lot of the work, um, you know, during those months in between. And for, of course, because COVID is over now, um, there are so many conferences that that we get invited to. Um, and as the chair of education finance, I'm um, I get invited to a lot of them. I was just in Seattle at a leadership uh, a, a conference for education chairs and uh, met with a bunch of the legislators from around the country and talked about education, really specifically around special education and early education, but also um, finance. How It's fascinating how different um, states finance their education because it is the state's responsibility. And, um, you know, Minnesota puts a huge chunk of their their uh, budget into education. This year, we we passed a $5.2 billion education um, budget that I got to spend. I, I always <laughs> kind of hyperventilate a little bit when I say that. But uh, at first, I was like, oh, my gosh, how do we ever spend all that money? But I'll tell you, <laughs> we did. And we did it in a, in a really, really great way. So um, I'll be heading out to Detroit, Michigan for a big national state legislative conference. And uh, I'll be meeting with um, some of the other Native legislators from around the country there. And it's so great to get together with them. Uh, and, you know, when we have the opportunity to, because sometimes we don't know who is legislating, you know, Native um, folks who are legislating in other states, and we can get together and talk about common issues and how we've been addressing those issues within our, our state. And um, it's just a really good time to connect. So I'll be looking forward to that. And there's a few more coming up. And so I will... Um, be heading, you know, around the country this summer. 
Well, State Senator, uh, I, I know you're probably humble about this question, but people have to be coming up to you and, and just complimenting on the great work that uh, Minnesota's doing and specifically you when it comes to uh, the laws. And like I've said before, when we've talked, I was the MC of uh, uh, the Wisconsin uh, Democratic Convention and Minnesota was brought up many times in a good way. Yes, um, Minnesota is quite the North Star yeah. in in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, when I think about the good work that we did, not just in education, but we we codified uh, reproductive rights for yes. for women and men um, in our state constitution. We passed um, trans rights and protections for our trans kids, which was so important. I can't even tell you how many parents or people who know other uh, families with trans kids or who are trans themselves who are considering moving to Minnesota. Yeah. And it's because we are, you know, it, we're, we're a refugee a refugee almost, a refugee state, because mm -hmm. all of the other states around us don't um, don't have the kind of empathy and the, the um, acceptance that Minnesota does. And so, you know, those are some of the things that we did. We put a lot of money into our EL, English learner um, areas. We put a lot of money into special ed. We um, are providing lunch and breakfast for our students, all students regardless of where they live or how much their families make um, free, you know, those lunches and breakfasts at no cost uh, for every student so that there's no shaming. Um, even if you, your family can afford it, let's say you forgot your lunch or your lunch money, um, you can have a lunch, you can have a breakfast. I mean, it's the, the least we can do to make sure we have healthy and happy kids. And uh, just did a lot of good work. And yes, I do get a lot of people asking us, how did we do it? Um, you know, who, who's, who's behind it all? But, you know, this session, we took, um, we took the... We took the majority in our House and our Senate and our governor uh, for the Democrats. And it was really the Democrats that that we walked in there and said, we're going to get this stuff done. And we did it. Yeah, definitely. We got about a, a minute to go here. And uh, one of the things I want to talk about the next segment and and give you a chance to maybe catch up because this is just happening today when we're talking about education is uh, the Supreme Court's uh, decision today, uh, which is really, uh, I, I just, I thought I figured out the Supreme Court and uh, now uh, I didn't, but uh, yeah. it's, very, it's very bizarre. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we'll yeah. Be, we'll be, uh, you know, taking a break here. We're with State Senator Mary Kunish and her beautiful granddaughter. Aww. Watch us on YouTube and Facebook Live. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake. Stay with us. When we heal from our traumas, when we face our fears, let go of our addictions, when we relearn our values, when we live our teachings, respecting our elders, cherishing and honoring our children, when we honor and take care of our spirit, there will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. When it comes to houses, disassembly is our game, deconstruction is our fame. There are some bucks for your project. Better Futures Minnesota is your contact. Instead of demolishing your home, let us take it apart by hand and we can find the building materials a new home. 
Limited funds are allotted in 2023 for Hennepin County residents and public entities to make deconstruction even more affordable. Check out BetterFuturesMinnesota.com. That's BetterFuturesMinnesota.com. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Yes, they do. Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish. Really happy to be able to have you on tonight. Uh, really, really excellent. And this is, uh, I just want to tell people too, this is like a pre-recorded show because I'm doing some uh, things in Wisconsin today. And uh, But really happy to have State Senator on because a lot of times when we go on vacation, your show gets... Uh, gets axed so it's great to have you on tonight and uh and talk about a few things so one of the things that have come up here a few days before before this uh, broadcast is the supreme court rules that colleges that consider race and admission violate the constitution that's unbelievable (laughs) you know it's uh i think we were talking a little bit about this we're just not quite sure how our Supreme Court is going to rule these days. Uh, I think we were, you know, overwhelmed with joy when um, they, again, overwhelmingly supported ICWA and said mm-hmm. that it's necessary to continue that. But then with this um, affirmative action in our college admissions, um, you know, we were hoping that that would be sustained because, you know, historically our kids of color have not gotten into the best schools or had the best opportunities that others were um, afforded. And this was one way to, to breach that, that huge divide. And um, I, I do believe that in, in the installation of affirmative action really has been positive and has had a positive outcome. Um, so yeah, it's a little it's a little disheartening that it, it came down to this. Yeah, it, it's you know some of the politicians are saying that uh, action rule uh, the affirmative action ruling, you know businesses and colleges can't afford to discriminate, you know, and that's what we kind of feel like. And we talk a little bit about you know ICWA and we're a sovereign nation, and uh, so this is a little different uh, slant, I think the. Mm-hmm. And earlier about the Supreme Court, it's probably trying to put a kibosh to certain things that are race uh, related. Yep. <laughs> and, and it's it is true. I mean, you can't it's sort of apples and oranges when we look at ICWA and um, and uh, affirmative action. Of course, it's important to re- remember that um, that tribes are not a racial classification. Um, that our the status of tribes is really uh, has political standing, not racial standing, and and um, you know being native is not a race. Our, our tribes are political sovereign entities, uh, so that does make a difference, especially when it comes to things like affirmative action. But yet we we know that our native uh, folks have been discriminated probably higher than almost any other group when it comes to some of these long-standing admission policies at especially the elite colleges and universities that use race um, that have used race as one of the factors in evaluating applicants um, I suppose they could still you know unofficially do that but it just opens them up to a lot of legal um, legal struggles 
Just a great example I've heard over the years, too, is uh, just imagine as a sovereign nation, uh, the United States dealing with uh, France, for instance, they're a sovereign nation. So that that's the kind of uh, a relationship that uh, our, our sovereign nations here, uh, the native sovereign nations should be dealing with with uh, the United States government and local yeah. governments. Yeah. But, you know, uh, one of the other really good things that Minnesota did, so we have these land-grant universities here in Minnesota where um, Indian land was taken to build our state universities, and one of them is the University of Minnesota Morris that actually used to be a boarding school. And when um, that boarding school was shut down and the University of Minnesota decided to take it over, um, there was an agreement that stated that any native, uh, enrolled native uh, person or could prove lineage uh, to enrolled members, such as, as like my son went, went there, um, they could go there tuition free. And so that became sort of a mecca for our, a lot of our native kids. There's a high instance of, um, of native kids, but it was also very sensitive to, to other kids of color. And um, if you re I don't know if you remember this spring, Robert, when one of our board of regents said that it was just a little too diverse up there. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of uh, blowback from that. Um, but now Minnesota, this past legislation, legislature has um, decided that uh, our, our lower income kids are going to be able to go to college tuition free. And so any any student that wants to go to the University of Minnesota that can get into the University of Minnesota, if their family earns less than eighty thousand dollars, they can now attend tuition free. And I, I do believe that uh, we're going to see some really incredible work. And it's not just our kids of color. There are plenty of you know, right. uh, non, non folks of color, <laughs> families right. who are very poor, who struggle to support their children in higher education. And uh, we want to make sure that there is a more equal playing field when it comes to that. Yeah. And I'm glad we're talking about it. And I'm glad you said that too, because I don't think, because a lot of our, our uh, GOP relatives vote against uh, their own interests and don't understand uh, what the DFL really does here in this state. And I think that's really, I'm glad we're talking about that and we should get on top of the mountains and talk about that and scream it out because that's good for everybody. Well, and, and I don't say this just because I'm a Democrat. A, a Dem in Minnesota, we're a DFL, Democrat Farmer Labor um, Party. Uh, those three things are really important to our Democrats, and it shows in the legislation that we put out there this year. Um, and I, I will say that most of the GOP would not vote for our bills. Very few voted for the final big omnibus bills. Uh, some of the brave ones did, and I have to, I have to, you know, pat them on the back for that because they're probably going to get some blowback from their own party. But, you know, they oftentimes will then turn around and claim, oh, yeah, I, I brought this to our district. Oh, yeah, we did this. We did that. And I just have to remind people, you know, when they say that, it's like you did not vote for that bill. You did not support that bill. And now you're taking credit for it. Exactly. Um, and that happens more often than than you would think. And it's it's kind of appalling. You know, one of the great examples was uh, on the federal end, uh, people up north were taking credit for stuff that they voted for. Uh, you know, uh, I don't want to name a few names. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But the Republican Party was uh, uh, taking credit for all these great things that were happening that they voted against. So, wow, yep. it's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. Um, and I, I have to say that in Minnesota, um, we Democrats want to partner. We really do want to partner with our GOP members and we want to put out good legislation that is going to affect their com their communities as well. And we did in spite of, you know, their their uh, reluctance, in spite of them saying a lot of negative things when we would be in committee or have our hearings. We um, we did include and we recognize that in spite of their poor representation, Every Minnesotan needs a fair shake at, at you know, the kind of 
the environmental, the healthcare, the housing, the education, all of those things. And so we just, you know, it was like, if you don't want to be with us, we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. And your, your communities are going to reap the benefits no matter yeah. what. And that's a, that, that's being a good neighbor. And I think that's what we can really point to the difference between right now, the Democrats and Republicans. I know we were talking a couple of days ago with a few people that are on the show and, you know, we just had, uh, was it David Durenberger who passed away just recently? And yeah. you, you see the things that he supported as a Republican that kept on getting reelected as a congressperson uh, and all the good things that he did for Minnesota, the Clean Water Act, all these things that the Republicans wouldn't even touch anymore. Right. It, and it, it boggles my mind. Yeah. It really does. And I know that, you know, our Republicans... Uh, counterparts really believe in, you know, small government, um, local control, low taxes, but at the same time, they want really good roads. They want safe bridges. They want um, clean water to drink. They want a sustainable environment. And I just often don't understand how they work against their best interests. I mean, I come from a very Republican family and mm -hmm. my father actually started the Republican um, caucus up in the little in the part of northern Minnesota that I started. Mm -hmm. But when I think about the work that he did and that he championed as uh, a Republican, it, you know, I I. I know he would not be able to um, to support the Republican uh, values or attitudes that we see today. Yeah, I, I like the word attitudes. It's really it's uh, hopefully the pendulum will swing back here. But I think we're going to be looking for good things here in the next uh, cycle because 70 percent of the people are for what you're talking about, State Senator, um, really. And. There's just a few and, you know, with trying to, you know, block voting and all these things and, you know, it's just, it's going to backfire on them. And I'm glad we're, we're talking and doing great things and uh, we're going to, uh, you know, do another segment here. <laughs> so, hey, this is Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake and we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish and we'll be right back after this short break. Even though the public COVID-19 emergency might be over, it's still important to stay up to date on vaccinations. And if you're like most people, you probably need a refresher on who should get vaccinated and when. So here's the bottom line. If you're six years or older, aim for that one updated COVID-19 vaccine. It doesn't matter if you've had a previous vaccine or not, you're still in the game. Now, if you're 65 or older, you've got the green light for one extra dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Just wait four months after your first updated dose and you're good to go. And for the little ones, children between six months and five years may need multiple doses, including at least one of the updated vaccines based on their age and previous doses. Remember, always stay informed and reach out to healthcare professionals for personalized guidance. Didn't catch all of that? You can find all of the updated COVID vaccine information at health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Hi, this is Angela Warner for Warner Stallion Appliance. Do you have a dishwasher that doesn't really clean your dishes so you have to? Or a refrigerator that kind of keeps your milk cold and you've just been waiting for the right time to buy? Well, Warner Stallion has the lowest prices of the season with exclusive savings, including free dishwasher installation on brands like Bosch and up to 10% off and a bonus for each additional appliance you buy for up to $1,000. See what I mean at warnerstellion.com. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. 
Hi, this is Chad from AM950. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, window, and insulation contractor in the metro. Ryan is so excited about working with AM950 and our listeners that he wants to help us grow. This is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. I was friends with Chad long before I started marketing with him. I was a bit skeptical of radio advertising before Chad convinced us to run ads. The advertising's been so successful, we want to help the station grow. We've absolutely loved working with the listeners of AM950, and we all know how extreme important this radio station is to the community. To help AM950 grow, Snap Construction will be putting up proceeds to assist the station in marketing on social media. Snap Construction encourages you to follow, engage, share, and interact on the AM950 social media platforms. Together, we can all work to ensure AM950 continues to thrive and grow in our communities. We stand by our work with a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee. For a free estimate or more information on our financing, call 612-333-SNAP or check us out online. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for clear skies tonight with a low around 55, Thursday sunny with a high near 76, and Friday partly sunny with a high around 78. If you've been waiting to replace those appliances, don't miss Warner Stellion's lowest prices of the season. Score instant savings, then up to 10% off, and a bonus for each additional appliance you buy. Put us to the test at warnerstellion.com. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and I am Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we're back here with State Senator Mary Kunish and her beautiful little granddaughter there. Uh, you know, it's just a baffling and always great to talk to you, but baffling about what happens on the other side of the, of the table. And it's so great that we have the triple effect here in Minnesota because all the work that you guys got done was just amazing. Speaking of which state Senator, what, what you have cooking now? Uh, what, what's your, I shouldn't say summer, but what, what, what's, uh, what's ahead for you as a state Senator and, uh, as a person? Yeah. Well, um, I get to spend a lot of time with the grandkids and, uh, with my family. We have a big family reunion coming up this this weekend and uh folks coming from all different states to to join us which will be really fun um and then well yesterday uh, i got to meet and give a little short tour of the capitol to about maybe 30 kids from uh red lake which was great uh they have a summer program that and they had enough money to bring the kids down to the the twin cities and take them on different uh, tours around the around the state that um, that's going to enhance their education and help them understand a little sorry a little bit better um, you know this the state of Minnesota that we live in and so um, they came and the lieutenant governor um, showed up to to uh, say hello the director of higher ed the commissioner of higher ed um, Folks from the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women's Task Force or uh, office, um, the Indian Ed Commissioner was there to greet them. So we had a really nice little chat with them. And then I took them around the, the Capitol. There's a few little nuggets that I like to show people that uh, that I, I really think is important there. And um, there were two young girls that, that told me that they wanted to help with the... Um, missing and murdered indigenous relatives um, situation. And so coming up in July, 
um, I don't know if I have my phone with me. There is going to be um, an action up in Bemidji to look for uh, mm. one of the missing girls up there. Wow. And so I'm going to be able to connect these high school girls to that as well. And yeah. uh, then the other thing is, is that I listened in on a really interesting um, discussion about returning, you know, the original names to some of the lakes and the creeks and the rivers um, here in Minnesota. And there is a community, um, there's a couple communities that are coming together, uh, Golden Valley, uh, Robbinsdale, some of the other communities to add or return the name to Bassett Creek. Hmm. And so that's that's been happening across the the state. I think I don't know how many of our, our people on the radio know about when um, uh, Bidet Macosta was returned. That was the name returned to one of the big lakes here in, in um, the metro area. But um, that's that's kind of been a movement. And uh, the the. Uh, the process of changing this name or returning this name um, is to return it to uh, its original name of Hahawakpadan, um, and it's the old, it's the Bassett Creek that we see um, uh, here in the Twin Cities. And so I got to listen to them and hear what the the work that they're doing, and I certainly appreciate it. I asked them, where did they get the name? You know, where did they find the name that they wanted to return to? And um, <clears throat> they talked about a book. It's called Where the Rivers Gather and the Rivers, uh, Where the Waters Gather and the Rivers Meet. And this is a book. It's hard to find now. And I ended up finding this a long time ago on one of those um, giveaway, getting rid of uh, carts at the St. Paul Public Library. Hmm. I think it was there. Um, but this is an atlas of the Eastern Sioux, and it's by a, a, a man called Paul Durand. And he went through and identified all these different uh, bodies of water, whether they're a lake or a waterway or a stream. And then he created a map of, of these different places and identified the names. And if you go to Owamni, the uh, um, Sherman's, uh, Sean Sherman's uh, restaurant, he's got a duplicate of it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a fascinating map. I, I grew up in northern Minnesota and was able to locate some of the creeks and waterways that I grew up on and um, more here in the Twin Cities. So um there's that whole movement to yeah. return or at least acknowledge those original names of our waterways and lakes and streams. Well, I know too, uh, one of the cool things about the uh, Bidet Makaska was that it was named after uh, Calhoun, who was a, a racist uh, slave owner and uh, Indian fighter. And then we have Ramsey County here too, which I heard would be way too much money to change every sign and everything. But the old junior high that I went to, Mary, uh, was Ramsey Junior High in St. Paul, and they changed it to Hidden River just this last year, and that was a movement done by Native American kids, uh, students in the St. Paul School District, and I just uh, just uh, applaud them big time because it was a real surprise to me because I went to Apollo there, and I go, where is this school? And it was Ramsey Junior High, and now it's hidden river and there's a hidden river that goes underneath that school that I had no idea with. So there's all these little gems that we don't know about unless we see older maps and older names. Well, and I think what's really super great is a lot of these movements are done by the youth. They recognize, um, you know, they kind of have that moral compass, it sounds like, and are willing to stick their neck out. And then, you know, the others are willing to support support the, the new movements or those ideas like, you know, what we see with climate change and, um, you know, recognizing the original name of the areas. Um, they seem to have they get it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. And I just am always impressed with with uh, the youth when they rise up like that and and take charge and demand justice, I guess, is the way to say it. Yeah. And it's a good time. There's been a lot of uh, uh, 
glass ceilings and uh, and and uh, bridges been built for these young ones and uh, to walk oh. over by a lot of our ancestors that have worked hard hard for this and uh, and they're taking advantage of it too. I agree hundred percent. There's there's things. I mean, I just applaud Gen Z in, in a in a lot of ways. One is they're voting like no no one's business. Uh, almost gonna, I think in this next uh, cycle they're gonna be outnumbering uh, uh, my generation, which is a boomer. I'm a boomer, and uh, that's exciting. And and they also don't have these hangups, yeah, uh, that we had and that were prep, you know, given to us. I feel like you know all these phobias and about people they're they're so more much more um open to things that even my generation wasn't and we're we were supposed to be the movers and shakers and hippies and you know then wall street happened the tv or the rate or the movie no but yeah. i mean it's just like greed was good there for the 80s and it's really shown yeah, I don't I don't know that we see that kind of um, I need to get a job and make a bajillion dollars and have a big house and have a fancy car. I see more of, you know, wanting to take care of each other and not have those kind of responsibilities, uh, especially I was at a, um, an, a ribbon cutting at a new at a uh, industry that's here in my community that I represent. And it's a very international. I mean, it's a German company, but they had French and Latinx and a, a native woman. I didn't know she was native. Um, I was talking to her and she um, actually is a biochemistry uh, scientist. And she built and designed and oversaw this incredible um laboratory at this new place and here's this i think she's she might be ho-chunk she's from wisconsin <laughs> and uh and um it's just like they now think they know and they they realize they can do anything but they can also move from profession to profession or job to job it's not like you become a lawyer and you have to stay a lawyer the rest of your life, or you become a teacher and you have to become, be a teacher or whatever the mm -hmm. case may be. There's just more opportunity to expand in different ways. You know, and it'd even be better if we had universal health care. So people weren't married to their job that they don't like, and that we could all do what makes us happy, whether it's beating <laughs> moccasins or, or working as a high-powered lawyer somewhere. I mean, bring your health care with you. Yes, 100%. I agree with you. And and today I was reading about um, some of the schools that are going to be struggling with finances. And one of the big, you know, things is staffing and health care. And I thought, wow, if we eliminated health care, imagine how incredible that would be for teachers and school districts if they didn't have that huge financial responsibility because there are plenty of hourly workers who work just for health care and yep. take very little home at the end of their paycheck because they needed it for their health care for their family. No, 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 no. I had really good health care as a, a school teacher, Mary, but if I wanted to add Wendy or any of my kids, it was insanely expensive. It was insanely expensive. And that isn't the way it used to be when these unions were really strong. I mean, the teacher unions are are one of the last few unions left. But, uh, I mean, my dental was really uh, <laughs> not that well. And uh, it was crappy. And, uh, you know, people that don't know think that we get everything free and we get paid year-round. And uh, I had to tell, I had to straighten people out over the years is that, no, this is not not what's happening you know teachers do it for the love of the students for the most part really i would agree with you it is it really is a love of learning and teaching and being in community with our kids well thank you state senator mary kunish um for coming on and speaking your truth it's always very enjoyable and i know by talking to people about Native Ritz Radio. They really enjoy your Fridays, so it's great that we were able to catch up on another day. Happy to be here and, and chat with both of you and, um, you know, just kind of see what's going on out there.
Right on. Hey, up next, uh, our sacred animal section with Wendy. Attention, Native American community. We've come a long way in our fight against COVID-19. The emergency declaration may be over, but our responsibility to stay vigilant remains. It is crucial to remember that the virus is still among us, and we must continue to prioritize our health and the well-being of our loved ones and elders. Besides getting vaccinated, let's not forget the basics when we're around people who are still vulnerable to COVID-19. Wear your mask, wash your hands regularly, and take an at-home COVID-19 test if you have any symptoms. We've shown incredible strength and resilience throughout history, and we will triumph over this challenge as well. Let's honor our ancestors by taking care of one another and keeping our communities safe. Together, let's navigate uncertain times with courage and unity. Stay informed, stay safe, and remember that our actions today will shape a brighter future for our Native community. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. I love my Toyota vehicles, so when it's time for me to get my service done, there's only one place I go, Rudy Luther Toyota. They know Toyota's inside and out. It starts with them checking your alignment and tire treads with their Hunter Quick Check Drive Inspection Service. Oil changes, tires, batteries, wipers, no matter what you need done, they can help you with reliable Toyota parts and the best service team in Minnesota. Check out their website, RudyLutherToyota.com, for service and parts specials just for Toyota vehicles. Get your Toyota serviced at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let howl. howl. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Noel. Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How's it going? (laughs) I don't know. I get a crack up. uh, People that are watching us on uh, Facebook Live or YouTube uh, (laughs) always pull up a little wolf howling and no, some days that makes me laugh more than others, but today it made me laugh. Hey, I want, <laughs> Haley, I want to, uh, Wendy's in New York, but she sent us a cool segment here, and I want her to jump on and play that right now, and we can, if there's time, we can discuss what she did and critique it or not, but uh, hey, let's uh, get Wendy Pilot on. Hey everybody, my name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. And as always, it is my pleasure to do that. And thank you again, Robert, for having me do a sacred animal section. I really appreciate it. As I mentioned once before, Friends of Minneapolis Animal Care and Control are looking for cat whisperers. Uh, They need kind, patient cat lovers to take on some nervous, shy cats that they have there. All of these cats, they are saying, may do best in a one-cat house. Uh, So they're not as friendly as most other cats. All of the Mac cats... Uh, And animals over six months old currently have no adoption fees. 
and they want to do this so they could help get as many waiting animals out of the shelter uh, as possible. Kittens that are under six months old are $100, $50 to Minneapolis residents, and walk-in adoption hours at the Minneapolis Animal Care and Control are Monday through Friday from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. And they're located at 212 17th Avenue North in Minneapolis. So that's always a great thing to do. Uh, last week or the week before, Robert and I talked about our older cats that we adopted. And we always had the best luck with them. So I people who adopt older animals. I give them a lot of credit and um, visit the animal care and control in Minneapolis. Here's a post here from Howling for Wolves. Uh, ban wolf hunting for good. So due to federal protections being restored by a federal judge in February of 2022, Minnesota wolves cannot currently be hunted. Again, cannot currently be hunted. However, the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources intends to hold a wolf hunt once our state's wolves lose their protect protection. So when the wolves were first delisted from the endangered species list in Minnesota in 2012, there was a slaughtered mass of over 700 wolves and they were killed in one year by hunters and wildlife services. The Minnesota Department, uh, the Minnesota DNR has demonstrated that they cannot be trusted with the responsible stewardship of our wolves. So we're just asking as always for continued support and to get in touch with your lawmakers to make are Minnesota wolves safe forever? So you could head on to howlingforwolves.org forward slash take action and tell your lawmakers to ban wolf hunting for good. And that's always really um, important to do. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been pretty hot out and the summer is here and we have lots of hot weather. So we're asking everyone to please take care of their children and their pets and make sure that all the wildlife has uh, water out there. So hot pavement is a real bad thing. And there are a lot of dogs get injured over uh, the summer months because of burns on their paws. So hot pavement, uh, if the air temperature is just 77 degrees Asphalt temperatures could be 125 degrees. At 86 degrees, the asphalt temperature could be 135 degrees. And at 87 degrees, it can go up to 143. So if it's too hot for your bare feet, then it's too hot for their paws. So just make sure that you test the pavement before you get your little furry friend out there and uh, check it out. Another test that you could do so you don't have to take your shoes off is put the back of your hand down on the pavement or asphalt and see um, how hot that is on the back of your hand. Um, I talked about this again last week and I always want to remind people because I see still so many people walking their dogs and the dog has to walk on the on the leash like a soldier. Um, the, the animal has to stay really close and heel next to their owner. And anytime the dog tries to go to sniff or to check something out, the dog is yanked back and uh, asked to walk like a soldier. And I say, let them sniff. So instead of focusing how far you have traveled with your dog in steps, begin to focus on how much your dog has sniffed on their walk. Sniffing is a calming, mentally engaging, and therapeutic activity, which many of us uh, leave off the agenda during outings. When we allow our dog to take the world around them through their nose, this provides an opportunity for relaxation. So this really helps your pet relax and be calm and enjoy. 
Um, I've been seeing a lot of red cardinals around, and I always love to see them and their mate. Um, I just read an article about a one in a million yellow cardinal. It's been seen in Florida. The cardinal is one of North America's most identifiable birds with its distinct crest and vivid red plumage on males. However, one exceptionally unusual cardinal observed lately in Gainesville, Florida, has a radically different appearance. It's bright yellow, a one in a million occurrence. You could go ahead and check that out. I have a picture of this beautiful um, bird that really is uh, something else to see. I really am really astonished by it. So check out a red, um, a yellow cardinal. Uh, our friend Alice has posted about red cardinals or cardinals. I'm sure the yellow ones also have the same uh, behavior that cardinals could be called a romantic bird species. They mate for life and stay together year round. They sing together before nesting and their courtship behavior includes the male gathering food and feeding it to a female beak to beak. So how cute is that? Also, one last thing before I end my segment, we can help our bees and other insects during the hot weather. So they need to drink water also, uh, but they often drown in large pans of water. So all you need to do is grab a pan or a shallow bowl uh, and put a whole bunch of pebbles or marbles or rocks in there and fill it with some water. And the rocks and the pebbles will give the bees a nice landing spot and help avoid them from drowning. And it's best to change the water every week or so to make sure other insects don't lay eggs in there. Uh, I usually uh, refill that water almost every day. So yeah, let's help our outdoor uh, animals and our bees and other insects, except for mosquitoes. I don't have much love for them. I have to tell you that. Anyway, with that, back to you, Robert. Hey, thanks, Wendy, for the update. Always great to hear. Haley, thank you very much for uh, all the support and all the background stuff and the uh, things that you do for Native Ritz Radio. I wanna say a thank you to Lieutenant Governor also, Brooke LaFleur, I really appreciate you coming on and speaking your truth and telling us uh, a little bit about yourself and the events, that, uh, the support that you give our uh, community. Hey, we're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier now. Now.